last week, Kathy detailed how John's depiction of God, made known in the person of Jesus, brought the universal God of creation through geologic time to the particularity of one human in one place, in one time. This year, we shift from John's gospel to Mark's gospel, our gospel for this liturgical year. Here in this depiction of Jesus' baptism, Mark brings the abstract to the intimate. You are my son, my child. In everything from the familial language to the use of the second person familiar, Mark's baptism is all about intimacy and immediacy. Face to face, cara a cara. Gone are the abstractions and guessing games of other gospels. Mark lays it on the line. This simple statement both declares that Jesus is divine and that the divinity is bound to humanity. <laughs> I think Alexander is just remembering the time we started. <laughs> the statement affirms humanity by reminding us that we are loved. Again, it's the movement from the conceptual to the particular. That's what this whole season of Epiphany is about. Seeing Jesus, knowing that he is the Christ. The spirit hovering over the surface of the deep. That same divinity that moved and descended like a dove. The movement from the conceptual to the particular. So last week in our mustard seed, we returned to our own baptism and the promise to respect the dignity of every human being, which is a promise to remember that everyone around us is a child of God, a promise to say to our neighbors and to ourselves, you are a child of God. You are worthy of love and belonging. Nothing has informed my understanding of that statement more than being a parent. Through my love for my children, I have grown in my understanding of God's love for me and for everyone else. It has enhanced my ability to see the beautiful newborn in everyone I meet and to live into God's love for each and every child of the infinite. But being a parent is hard. <laughs> the sleepless nights, the dressing, the bathing, the feeding, the cleaning, the discipline, the tantrums, it's exhausting. <laughs> our two-year-old uh, Jimmy took the opportunity of our evacuation from the fire to learn how to climb out of his pack and play. Yeah, you love that. Knowledge he quickly applied to his crib upon our return home. Now the boys have gotten into the habit of waking up at 4 a.m. and ransacking their room together in the wee hours before sunrise. <clears throat> I was uh, pretty frustrated with that until I heard a story this week from a mother whose now grown child learned to crawl out of his crib at 15 months 
And she discovered this when he called out for her in the middle of the night, and she came out of her room and found him at the base of their stairs holding a butcher knife. <laughs> 15 months old. This is like something out of a horror movie. Um, such must be the divine perspective on my own childlike and potentially harmful habits. During our fire-induced exile in L.A., Mary Beth and I took a break from the constant child wrangling and went to see Hamilton at the Pantages. Oh, it was amazing. This was not an impromptu retreat from our children. The tickets were uh, my birthday present to Mary Beth. And we weren't sure whether we'd still go with all the craziness and trying to figure out sitters and whatever. But I'm so glad we made it work, right? It was great. There's been a lot of hype about Hamilton. But I actually think there should be even more hype. <laughs> it was incredible. Has anybody seen it? Nobody's seen it. Well, just roll with me for a second. Uh, it's not just a musical based on a historical figure. It addresses issues of race and class that are thoroughly contemporary. It plays with time, genre, and history through songs whose lyrics are effortlessly informative and whose beats are engaging. You can get a lot of the story just listening to the soundtrack, so I, I encourage you to check it out. The ease of the music carries the play through Hamilton's life at a breakneck speed that mirrors the protagonist's ambition. The play gets across the staggering momentum of Alexander Hamilton's life much the same way that Mark's gospel captures the momentum and grandeur of Jesus' life. Mark does this through a series of transitional words that tie one scene to the previous. previous. Words like particularly, immediately. That's this, we're going to hear this term over and over again. Mark loves things to be immediate. Mark's gospel carries that momentum, that intimacy, that immediacy throughout. So Hamilton moves hurriedly through this, this life of, of the founding father from his childhood in the Caribbean to becoming an orphan, to his studies in New York, to his work as, as Washington's right-hand man, to the, to the Constitutional Congress, to the Federalist Papers, much, many of one which he wrote, and on and on again, until until a major turning point. The death of Hamilton's son, Philip. His death in a duel, which I would say is foreshadowing of, of some kind of creative break, but is actually just historical truth. This actually happened. At that point, the pace of the play, like the pace of Hamilton's life, shifts. He and his wife move uptown to a quieter part of a young New York City. And as the song's refrain says, they try to deal with the unimaginable. The death of a child, the repair of a marriage torn apart by both the child's death and infidelity. It seems impossible to imagine a course through that loss. In the quietest moments of the entire play, the song's lyrics 
move toward the mystical. It says, there are moments that the words don't reach. There's a grace too powerful to name. We push away what we can never understand. We push away the unimaginable. Words akin to da Vinci's creation of Adam from the Sistine Chapel, with humanity turning away from God's outstretched finger. Just as that divine finger presses on in the painting, just as we celebrate the coming of God among us, just as the voice calls out from above, you are my child, so the grace too powerful to name the epiphany of Christ leads to the unimaginable. Forgiveness. Those are the next line of the song as Eliza, the mother who has lost her child in a duel to which her unfaithful husband was privy, as Eliza takes Alexander's hand, the chorus sings, forgiveness. Can you imagine? Forgiveness, can you imagine? It is a turn back to intimacy, back to connection, from judgment and estrangement to intimacy and belonging. This grace-filled transition is heartbreaking. It tore me apart. Just as he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw the heavens torn apart. Torn apart. Gone is the division of God from earth. Gone is the unknown nature of a distant deity. Gone is the veil that kept God from our eyes. This passage, which is unique to Mark, this language of the heavens being torn apart, is so powerful. And yes, it is the same phrase, same language that is used when the curtain of the temple is torn apart at the moment of Jesus' death. We who are parents, we who are deeply connected to others, understand the nature of being torn apart by a child's death because we have been torn apart by a child's birth. I've seen it happen with the toughest people I know, football players, machinists, titans of business and empire, all teary at the birth of their children. Birth of a child tears down our individuality all that we have built up until that point. And it turns us back to the reality that we are all children of God. And as children of God, we are called to love God and neighbor, or perhaps better put, to love our family, our siblings. We are called to love the 1,500 people in Santa Barbara County who live without housing, the 11 million people who immigrated to this country illegally and live with, the, with us day in, day out, the 91 people who die every day of opioid overdose in this country, the 795 million people worldwide who suffer from severe hunger. We here in Isla Vista are specifically called to show God's love to the 24,000 students returning to this campus, many to exams, after a tragic event forced them away. To these 
and so many other children of God, we must lift the veil of our separation to look to our sisters and brothers to their eyes and say, with that grace too powerful to name, you are a beloved child of God. Amen. Amen.